The Lord be with you and also with you. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. We gather for ordered worship. The liturgy, music, and homily this Lord's Day are offered in the praise of God for our congregation here within Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England, and for our internet listenership around the globe at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed response, your self-selection of forms of leadership, ministry, and service in our midst, and as the Spirit moves come Sunday, your presence with us in worship. We gather in the spirit of those two who sang, John and Charles Wesley, in 1762, Kingswood, England, at the opening of an elementary school. Unite the pair so long disjoined, knowledge and vital piety, learning and holiness combined, truth and love for all to see. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us rejoice by putting away all malice and evil and confessing our sins with a sincere and true heart. May the God of love and power forgive and free you from your sins, heal and strengthen you by the Spirit, and raise you to new life in Christ. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. And also with you. Let us share with one another signs of peace.
Let us pray. O God, whose blessed Son made himself known to his disciples in the breaking of bread, open the eyes of our faith that we may behold him in all his redeeming work, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogue at Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, Who are you, Lord? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Please join me in reading responsibly verses from Psalm 30 with the antiphon. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and did not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you have healed me. O Lord, you brought, me, you brought up my soul from Sheol, restored me to life from among those gone down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, O you his faithful ones, and give thanks to his holy name. For God's anger is but for a moment. God's favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may linger for the night, but joy comes with the morning. As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. By your favor, O Lord, you had established me as a strong mountain. You hid your face. I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I cried. And to the Lord, I made supplication. What profit is there in my death if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it tell of your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be gracious to me. O Lord, be comfort. You have turned my mourning into dancing. You have taken off my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, so that my soul may praise you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Please rise as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel.
Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. John, chapter 21, verses 1 through 19. Glory to you, O Lord. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, We will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and to go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would, be glor- he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, follow me. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into God's presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is God who has made us, not we ourselves. We are God's people, the sheep of God's pasture. Enter God's gaze with thanksgiving, God's courts with praise. Give thanks to God and bless God's name. For the Lord is good, God's steadfast love endures forever, and God's faithfulness to all generations. Feed my lambs, tend my sheep,
feed my sheep, feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. This Easter season, we recognize that death makes you mortal. Facing death makes you human. About the former, you have no choice at all. Death makes you mortal. About the latter, you have a range of choices and freedoms and selections and possibilities. Facing death makes you human. And God is at work in the world to make and to keep human life human. At 11 o'clock on Easter Sunday, with 500 pairs of eyes staring at us, and the recognition that with our excellent team of servers, we would need to depart this sanctuary prior to the entrance of the Roman Catholics for Mass, otherwise a conflict that would make Erasmus and Luther seem small, we decided to foreshorten the sermon at this one point. For those who are here at 9 o'clock and the, and the choir, you'll hear something similar to what you heard two weeks ago just for a moment. Now you recognize that we offer a formula for facing death here. My mother turns 90 this month and she says, could you tell me again the formula? I remember the letters, O-O-P-S. This is the OOPS formula for facing death you recognize. But I don't remember what they stand for. So we go through them, order, Order of worship, you prepare something for those who are going to honor and remember you. Make the way clear. An obituary, write out a sketch of what you'd like to see printed or remembered. Photo, OOP, pick out a, a photograph for use in public or in print. Especially S, special papers, DNR, will. How is it that very intelligent people academically formed people come to the end of life without writing out a will. Well, actually, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts will help you there if you don't make a way yourself. O-O-P-S. Jan and I have bought burial plots in Eaton, New York. You will well ask, where is Eaton, New York? Exactly. It's hardly anywhere. You, it's not the end of the world, but you can see it from there. We purchased two plots for $400 each. It is easily the best real estate investment we'll ever make. Hardly anything, especially when amortized over eternity. Over the hill from that graveyard, there is a village of Oriskany Falls, like the graveyard itself, predating in many aspects the, the revolution where our friend Russell Clark, a graduate of Colgate and of Boston University, was the minister for many years. The superintendents, general and district, would ask him, Russell, don't you want to leave for a bigger church, a city setting? He said, no, I, I enjoy things here. I like the rhythm. I like the ritual. I like the routines of life. His lay leader, a farmer, suddenly died one winter unexpectedly. And the widow, who had been very faithful in sacrament and sermon and service, could not find her way back to church or to fellowship, communion of any sort, even as we receive 
today. She stayed alone until finally one day she agreed to a visit, and in he went, and over tea she began by saying, don't, Reverend, take this the wrong way. You know something's afoot when the conversation begins that way. He said, how did you make it through this grief? Grief is a slippery dragon. If I had two more lifetimes, I'd take half of one and try and learn better and more about the particular idiosyncrasies of grief. Well, she said, don't take this the wrong way, but it wasn't the sacrament and it wasn't the sermon that got me through. I hardly could get out of bed in the morning, at least to start. But down below I could hear, you know how we keep chickens, and they would rustle, and they would cluck, and they would peck until I, I got up, and finally I put on my robe and went down to the barn and found the feed and fed them. And by that time, the sun was up, the mist was off the valley, and I was able to think about the possibility of the prospect of a cup of coffee. So don't take this the wrong way. But the clucking of those hands meant more to me than all the hymns of Easter. The fussing of those chickens meant more to me than all the hymns of Easter. Ritual, rhythm, routine. These carry us through come Easter. The resurrection follows but does not replace the cross. That to which you are habituated in knowing, doing, being, learning, virtue, piety, those are the things over time that shape you, including in this very moment of Eucharist, this holy mystery. The mystery of the gospel comes to us in Eucharist. It also comes to us in Holy Scripture. You have heard from the 21st chapter of the Gospel of John. And for those who listened attentively for a week or two past, you recognize something odd is afoot. For John, the Gospel, most probably, ended in John 20, verse 30. You heard it just a little few hours ago. Saley read it. These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and believing you may have life in his name. Case closed. Gospel finished. Sayonara. That's all he wrote. C'est fini. Except along comes John 21, verse 1, and you recognize it's very different. Most scholars, including conservative scholars, my teacher Raymond Brown was of the white, bright, all bright school, a very conservative tradition. He, a Roman Catholic priest. Nonetheless, he, with almost all, recognized this is a later edition. The style is somewhat different in 21, John chapter 21. The grammar and the word choices are different in John 21. But even if that weren't the case, and even if it weren't the case, this is no uh, criticism intended, but the scene here has a Hans Christian Andersen type feel to it. This is very different. How? In John, it's all love and spirit. And here, all the things that John left out make their way back 10, 15 years later. 
like Eucharist, like eschatology, like the ecclesiastical structure, like leadership, especially who? Peter. Here is Peter rehabilitated in chapter 21, a symbol of what this chapter is teaching, that there are changes afoot that need to be recognized. Peter's here with Thomas and Nathaniel and the sons of Zebedee, that means thunder, James and John, and also two unnamed disciples and the beloved disciple himself. Peter comes up a notch. Peter is asked, he who denied Christ three times, feed my lambs, you know I will. Tend my sheep, you know I will. Feed my sheep. This chapter is added to make sure that the life of the community of faith is recognized and honored, especially in fish and sheep, and of course we know that means in evangelism and pastoral care in outreach and ministerial care. Feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. John 21, very different. This holy mystery in sacrament and scripture. What then shall we make this Easter tide of such a different gospel? Well, three lessons come quickly to us here. The first, and quickly so, is the recognition of the flexibility, the change, the evolution, right in Holy Scripture. The Bible is not a stack of cement that fell out of the sky, kerplunked to the earth. The Bible has a story too. The narrative of Scripture is embedded in changing narrative. We already knew this from the Hebrew scripture, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, the documentary hypothesis behind it. And here in John, there is transformation afoot. Even in the scripture, there's change. So it shouldn't surprise us if things change. Some of us this week have gone through the rituals of the beginning of the end of school, so senior breakfast, and this I believe next week, and baccalaureate, and then there's the wonderful service on May 19th, and what is its name, this ending point, this completion moment, this finishing time, what is it called? Commencement. Commencement is the beginning of something new, so if you're graduating and are feeling in a transformative mode, you have the gospel itself to thank, including John chapter 21. Life is about becoming, and we're learning every day, all the while, until the very end. Second, we recognize here that, especially with the elevation of Peter, we're reminded that forms of life require attention and are valuable, even and in including religious forms. When ethics is eliminated and politics is polluted and culture is contaminated, you have to swim all the way upstream and get to religious institutions, broadly understood, say in a Tillichian mode, to begin to make real 
lasting change, where the questions of love and death and grief and loss and time and eternity are arranged and discussed. These institutions require care. So on Sunday morning, our usher team is trying to remember the name, first name of that visitor from three weeks ago. So some of our community are traveling for institutional ecclesiastical meetings in the coming weeks, trying to render an open and more becoming future. So institutional life at Marsh Chapel continues. My friend John, who was in the Marines, said they teach in the Marines that leadership is example, period. Leadership is example, period. So your example, Marsh Chapel, going forward, counts and matters, lasts and has meaning. On a regular basis, right here, we marry gay people, women and men, on a steady, routine basis. On a regular basis here at Marsh Chapel, we employ and deploy gay clergy on a regular, routine basis. It is what you are habituated to that allows you to become and move. Institutions have worth. And the thing about them is if you don't care for one, something else will come and it may be worse still. Guiding, shaping, forming. Third, here at Eucharist, here in John 21, which celebrates in the fish and bread and the 153 of the fish, a Eucharistic sort of meal, we recognize that we are present to each other. President worship to each other, president communion to each other, president prayer to each other, president fellowship to each other, president education and learning with and to each other, present in conversation with each other. You know, the senior breakfast is a couple thousand well-dressed seniors eating a nice meal and getting ready for the next two weeks. It's one of those places where the university leadership has to be both formal and informal, both, both reverent and irreverent, part imp and part impresario, if you will. It's a joyful moment, after which Friday at 11.30, here on Bay State Road, walking, a young man came up to me and got off his bicycle and said, excuse me. I said, yes. And he said, were you just speaking over at the breakfast? And I said, yes. And he said, don't take this the wrong way. Now you know when you hear that. And he was going to meet some friends at an establishment that's located in the alumni building, if I may say it that way. And we paused and we talked and we conversed about Religion on campus, prayer during the week, an invocation at senior breakfast. And as he locked his bicycle, he said, well, you know, Dean Hill, it's probably not such a bad thing that people get together once a week for fellowship and try to remind each other to be good people and try to remind each other to be better people. And I thought... Well, yes, I guess so. Here are lessons in the holy mystery of life and of scripture and of sacrament. And we go forward in faith. We believe in God who has created and is creating, 
who has come in the true person, Jesus, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. God calls us to be the church, the body of Christ, to celebrate Christ's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice, resist evil, proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope. In life, in death, in life beyond death, God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Feed my lambs. Tend my sheep. Feed my sheep. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. We welcome you again to Marsh Chapel on this third Sunday of Easter. Thank you for joining us as a part of our community of worship today, whether you are here in the sanctuary, listening on the radio or via the live stream on the internet or later via the podcast. In a spirit of friendship, we ask those of you seated in the pews that you locate the red booklets at the end of each pew toward the center aisle and enter your name and contact information. This helps us to get to know you better and you to get to know one another better. 
We will be offering Holy Communion this morning. Please note that wine will be served on the pulpit side, the side that I'm standing on, and grape juice will be offered on the lectern side. A gluten-free option is available upon request. Uh, There's also a healing prayer station under the first set of stained glass windows on the pulpit side. After the service, all are invited to our monthly past dish luncheon downstairs in the marsh room. Please join us for food and fellowship. If you have not completed the form found in your bulletin to update your contact information for our internal systems, we ask that you please do so by filling it out today and placing it in the offering plate or in the box in the narthex after the service. You can also find the form on the main page of the Marsh Chapel website and submit it electronically. Next Sunday is our annual This I Believe Sunday, during which we will hear from members of the graduating class of 2019 as they reflect on their spiritual journeys while at Boston University. We encourage you to attend. We will also celebrate our graduates next Sunday after the This I Believe service during the coffee hour. For those members of the Marsh Chapel community that would like to contribute to gifts for students in our community who will be graduating, please see Heidi after the service at the Pastish Luncheon. She will be accepting donations then. For all other news and upcoming events, please visit our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as the chapel website at bu.edu chapel, where there is also the opportunity for online giving. Now, as the ushers wait upon us for the offering, may we remember that it is a gift and a discipline to be a giver.
We give you thanks, O God, this day for life and work and peace. Now bless these gifts and the givers, we pray, to the work of ministry in this place and throughout the world. Amen. Be present, be present, Lord Jesus Christ, our risen High Priest. Make yourself known in the breaking of bread. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give God thanks and praise. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, always and everywhere to give you thanks, almighty, eternal, and triune God. And in these days of Easter, to celebrate with joyful hearts the memory of your wonderful works. For by the Paschal mystery, Christ has conquered the powers of death and hell and restored in all people the image of your glory. He has placed us once more in paradise and opened the gate of eternal life. And so, in the joy of this Passover, earth and heaven resound with gladness, while angels and archangels and the powers of all creation sing forever the hymn of your glory. and bless you, loving God, through Jesus Christ, our Savior. And as we obey his command, send your Holy Spirit that broken bread and wine outpoured may be for us Christ's body and blood. On the night before he died, he had supper with friends, and taking bread, he praised you. He broke the bread, gave it to them, and said, Take, eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When supper was ended, Jesus took the cup of wine. Again he praised you, gave it to them, and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. And so we remember all that Jesus did. In him we plead with confidence his sacrifice made once for all upon the cross, bringing before you the bread of life and cup of salvation. We proclaim his death and resurrection until he comes in glory. Great is the mystery of faith. Lord of all life, help us to work together for that day when your realm comes and justice and mercy will be seen in all the earth. Look with favor on your people, gather us into your loving arms, and bring us with all the saints to feast at your table in heaven. Through Christ, with Christ, in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory are yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. As our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to pray. 
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body because we all share in one bread.
Lord, support us all the day long of this troublous life until the shadows lengthen and the evening comes, the busy world is hushed and the fever of life is over and our work is done. Then in thy mercy grant us safe rest, happy lodging at peace at the last through Christ our Lord. Amen.